Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. Everybody, it's uh, it's uh, me, Pete, and uh, this is the show, and it's called "You Made It Weird," and uh, you guys are weirdos. <laughs> Deal with that. Deal with that reality. Uh, anyway, this is a great, great episode. Uh, Mike Burns, one of my old chums and current chums, but a chum that I knew in Chicago and now know here in sunny Los Angeles, California. But uh, one of those uh, throwbacks, one of the funniest guys I know. Super great, super interesting, super deep. Just a great guest uh, to make it weird. Uh, real quick, before we get to it, you know uh, these by now. YouMadeItWeird.com is a great way to support the show. He's going to make some shirts. We're getting new shirts all the time. You can actually vote on the shirts at uh, Facebook.com, regular slash YouMadeItWeird. That's where I put up all the uh, new shirts. And if you vote on them, then we make them. Then you can buy them. Uh, there's also a donate button if you are nasty. People are nasty, which is great. Katie, did you know that? <laughs> Sorry. Katie's here. Uh, there's a donate button, which is great because Katie, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was just swimming in a reedy lake, she said. So she felt some reeds on her feet and uh, was certain that they were the fingers of old dead men. <laughs> I've never done this with Katie in the room. So anyway, would really like to get her the box set of uh, Band of Brothers. Is that good? Have you ever seen it? You've seen it. Then we'll get you the box set of uh, The Wire. You seen that too? Get her the box set of The Books of Games of Thrones. Have you, do you have those? Somebody please donate. She doesn't have those. <laughs> we'll get her those. And uh, here are the tour dates if we play that sweet, sweet, crispy song. July. Uh, these are all on PeteHolmes.com, by the way. July 19 through 21, I'll be in New Jersey for the Stress Factory, which means on Monday the 23rd, very good chance I will I'll be at uh, the New York City show at UCB at 11, uh, which is called Whiplash, which is a great show. One of my favorite shows. Haven't been there in years, and I'm very happy to be back there. July uh, 25 through 28, I'll be at the Just for Last Festival in Montreal for all my Canadian and traveling weirdos. We're also going to be doing a live You Made It Weird up there, so please, that's going to be a good one because there's so many good people at that fest. August 2 through 5, I'll be in Cleveland for Hilarities. September 6 through 8, Scottsdale, uh, Stand Up Scottsdale in Scottsdale, Arizona. September 14 through 15, I'll be at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago. Chicago! August 11 through 13, I'll be at the Skyline Comedy uh, Club. Skyline Comedy Cafe? I don't know. It's in Appleton, Wisconsin. Go to Appleton, Wisconsin. Go to the comedy club. It's called Skyline something. Love to have weirdos at the show. It's great. Come get your free hug. That's what I say. I'm like Judah Friedlander in that Dave Matthews video. So uh, that's it. Oh, we're brought to you by Amazon. Amazon.com. It's a website where you can buy plots of the rainforest. That's not true. You can buy anything, though. And uh, what you do is, to support the show, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, go to Nerdist.com, kind of counterintuitive. Then go to this show. Then go to the description of the show, which is in the uh, the description of the show. It has a little box. It says Amazon. Click on that. Then shop like you normally would. Whatever you buy, I believe part of that goes to getting Katie two box sets she already has and, uh, and those books that she doesn't want. So get on that. Why aren't you doing that? Okay, play, play, play Mike Burns because it's, oh, it's so good. I saw the the savages last night. Yeah, I saw it yesterday. Right? It's pure garbage. Did you hate it? It's a, it's a. Is it pure garbage? The ending of it. Was, Here's your earphones. Here was my. You don't need. Some people don't wear the earphones. Oh, I like them. I like them too. I like to hear myself. I like my voice. 
I, why I blow the mic out on stage because I like my voice. It's funny that you say that because I'm losing my voice from stand-up lately. That's why I'm drinking this tea, for example. It's throat coat. Coat yeah. the old throat. Yeah. Uh, and it's because I need to hear myself. If I had monitors, you know, like rock and roll monitors pointed back at me, I think I would right. uh, yell less on stage because I want the crowd to be able to laugh while I'm speaking. Yeah. I don't want them to stop laughing to hear me. I want to be able to, like, merge into this role. They're laughing, and I'm speaking into the laugh, and like, like a half-pipe skateboarder. You know right. what I mean? We merge. You're riding or, it. Or a surfer. Huh? Katie? Huh? You know what I mean? So that's why I think we both can get worked up and yell. You melded. If we and, I, and I get right up like this. You sure do. I just, Me too. And I, those are, that's one of the biggest notes I've ever gotten. <laughs> stop yelling. I'm like, but I like it. It's just fun to be loud. I uh, Look, I'm sorry to bring this back to this stupid. I, I guess I come from a place where you're like, it's not polite to talk about your injuries and stuff. My throat is killing me. Like, I can't yell anymore. I have to go to a vocal coach or something, which is the most Los Angeles thing I've ever said. Yeah. And last episode, we talked at length about yoga and being vegan. I'm not vegan. You want me to just interview you? Yeah, just, if you don't just, mind. <laughs> I'll ask you all yes and no questions. All yes and no. <laughs> yes. Well, tell me what you thought about the no. savages. No, I'm here for you. You know what? The ending is... <laughs> you know me, Mike. How long have you the, known me? Since 2002? Yeah. Is it that long? No, 2001. 2001. Did you not come until a little bit later? Uh, I started improv in 2000, so I think... So we met in 2001. That's I what met I, you at the playground first. Not not a, not a physical, not on the, like the, a swing. no, not on the playground, the playground <laughs> improv theater, and then and, and then I saw you at um, Lions Den so the, when, I, when I decided to defect to Russia. When you defect out of out of the improv world, the, oh and, yes, and yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's like, you, oh hey, yeah. I know that guy. Right, right, right. This it, guy does both. I too. I didn't know that you did improv. Yeah, I started out. I did tons of improv. Oh, really? I did improv not, not that you don't improv Olympic, seem... playground. You know who else did? WNEP, all Z- that shit. Sven Wexler. Yes. I used to see Sven Wexler. I used to feel this weird uh, dislike of the crossovers. I don't know why. I think I wanted to be the only one. Yeah. So when I would see these other people that would do improv and stand up, I was like, "Fucking beat it! That's my thing." Right. And you and and they were a slight bit threatening because, oh, this guy's got. Yeah, he's got some chops and some training. Right, right. A lot of them, though, that I would see, I was like, "This guy is is the savages. He's pure garbage." Right, and that would that would upset me too because then I was like, "Oh, stand ups doing improv are giving uh, stand ups a bad name because yeah. they always did this really like me not interviewing you right now, doing horrible two man improv where I'm only talking about myself. That's like that's like a right. a standard stand up sucking at improv thing. Yeah, doing bullshit." Things they thought of on the way there, like fucking be in the moment, you piece of shit. Right? Yeah, I got out of improv because it was there's like eight people on your improv team, and mm-hmm. then you start a side sketch thing that's like five, the best five out of right, out of right, those right. eight, and then from right. there I will go down to like, well, I'm writing most of the stuff. Oh let's my just god, do, let's just do two, and I'll take this straight man, <laughs> and then Perfect. now I'm writing the whole sketch, and then like, you're just well, qu- you know what? I don't, I don't need him. You're quadruple distilled. Right. You went with the natural process. Right. I'm just going to go do all this myself, and I'll do my characters, and and I I don't have to do just stand-up. I'll just do a character. You can do whatever you want. Right. Oh, what an enabling and wonderful message. Yeah. I actually think people get caught up. Okay, look, stand-up improv is lovely because of the support system, but it also can be a little bit debilitating because of the support system. Right. You know what I mean? So it it helps. You have to leave mom and dad at a 
kick yourself out of the nest. I say continue to do it. I just did some improv with the wonderful David Keckner. How fucking cool is That's that? That's absolutely fantastic. It, it, it was like for a video thing, but we were just riffing, and it was awesome. And I was like, oh, good. The muscles are still there. In fact, yeah. doing this show, doing this podcast, and, and doing your podcast, we're still improvising. Kind of. Gentlemen scumbags. Right. For but the most it, part, you there's, are. A lo- there's a lot of yes anding. There's a lot of like having like these are these are the principles of podcasts that are similar to improv. Right. Have an opinion, say something, be affected. Don't hide what you're thinking or feeling. You know what I mean? Sure. It's 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 an, Peter Gwynn. You remember Peter Gwynn? Oh, absolutely. Peter Gwynn had that great thing when he was like, if you're auditioning for improv, remember remember auditioning right. for improv. Is there anything worse? So you and me don't even know each other, and we're just in line. Oh, it's the worst. Like and to get into the conservatory or something. <laughs> and just, oh, and I got, I got, I got teamed up with this guy oh, wearing a yeah. bandana. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. And then you, you gotta go you, in and bandana guy. And you were taught to, you know, stick to the rules. Yes, and yep. and then that guy wouldn't do it, and mm-hmm. now you're fucked. And there's nothing you can do. This still happens. This was back in New York. So, oh, my God, I guess that would have been like three years ago. But I was going out for like commercial auditions. And you still run into these saboteurs of the art that just won't – you mean people do this to you or you're doing this? No, I get sabotaged. I'm talking about these people. They're like, you're in a two-man scene. We're going out for something big. Let's say it's something important, a a big campaign. And they're like, okay, uh, Nick. Oh, he's a Nick. Hey, Nick. Right. Fucking do one close to the script, Nick. No problem. And then, like, look, I can improvise with you, Nick, but at some point you got to say, what kind of chips are you eating? Otherwise, I don't have an in. Right. You're talking about Vietnam and riffing about rustling of leaves. Say what kind of chips. I, I did one, like, three <laughs> weeks ago for uh, BW3s, which I thought, no, it was Hooters. Is that it like was a, Hooters. Is that was, like a BBW? Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a chicken. Yeah, it's, exactly. I wish... I was a BBW. Uh, I was auditioning for a Craigslist advertisement, <laughs> and and it was something I really wanted. And this guy f- just completely screwed it. And, yeah, do and you we, remember how? Um, it was, was he the not same saying thing. the words? Not yes ending. Not um. Oh, you were not so- directing anything towards me. <sighs> just doing going off on his own tangent. And in the middle of it, I just stopped what I was doing and just went at him. And just really? started taking shots at him, yeah. like really underhanded. Uh, that's you know, great. You know, whatever character he was playing, just dressed down that character, blew the audition. Oh, it's so funny like, that you say that. It's over with. I've heard so many stories like that that end with, and I got it. You know what I mean? Because right. they're so tired of watching it. Look, I'm in both camps. You got to know. It's like doing stand up. You got to know when to call an audible. But people are calling audibles on first and ten on the sure. first. What's what is it? Quarters. Quarters in football. Quar- quarters. First quarter, Periods. first play, first and ten on your own, blah, yeah. blah. It's the first play of the game, and they're calling an audible and going crazy and doing, like, an onside kick. Fucking do the audition first. Stick to the plan you first. You piece of shit. Yeah. Also, when you're doing stand-up, it's not always time to go up and be crazy, mama, especially if you're the host. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Reel it in, daddy-o. Yeah, you're here for a job. Yeah. Do May- the job. Maybe do your fucking job and get the crowd listening to some fucking jokes, you right. novice. Then maybe you can be on the program. Yeah. Maybe then- you can only have your own space. Yeah, then maybe in between. Acts, you do your weird box character. So anyway, back to Savages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ending of what Savages pure, is... Well, if hey! this is a spoiler, you gotta say spoiler. Okay, spoiler. By the way, it's a piece of shit, so spoiler. Well, okay. How long do you think it's gonna take? People turn the radio down. Radio. Uh, you know, most people... Uh, some people are probably gonna go see it. Yeah, I just went and saw it last night. It's, it just came out. Let's not ruin the ending. You, right. Let's say... Let's speak generally. 
You hated it. Ge- generally, I wanted to like it throughout the entire film. Oh, the whole... I kept wanting to like it. Isn't that funny? And I like Benicio Del, Del Toro. Can I say He's this? He's pleasurable to watch. Not a spoiler. Ready? I, I want to see if you agree with this. All right. He's in it too much. It's like No Country for Old Men. Okay, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Javier Bardem is the best part of that movie, is the coolest part of that movie. But it's because he's the Joker. It's the Dark Knight. You're happy when he's there. Right. Fucking Benicio Del Toro's in every scene. There's scenes that he's not involved with. He's just in the yeah. background flipping a quarter or some yeah. shit. You're like, get this guy out of here. He's death. He's the devil. His, I don't want to see him eating a sandwich. His weight was off. His weight was... He what do you mean? Have been, physical? You know, he should have been just 25% of the movie. Mm-hmm. Instead, you get you either have to be like eighty five percent or yeah. twenty. It's not he his movie. Like, he was like, eh, and it's sixty five percent. He was of the supposed time. to be the palate cleanser to the rest of the bullshit in that movie, and it wasn't. He he became he became the entree, and I don't think he knew he was the entree. Right, and they did not. He could have been a lot more funny. He that one scene. There are some. There's bits, one scene there's some where chuckles. it's funny. Ali Wong is in it. Yes. Ali Wong's line gets a laugh. Yeah. And I turn to Joe, Mandy, and as Ali Wong, I go, I get a laugh. And we yeah. laughed. Yeah. Ten, we laughed yeah. for 10 minutes imagining yeah. Ali going, I get a laugh. Yeah. I get a laugh. I completely. Wait, way go, too long, also. Movie's way too long. It's way too long. You know, it's I, funny that you say the, the, the rooting, wanting to like it. I feel like that's something. We're, we're the same age. 30, I'm 36. 36. Okay, we're about the same age. I'm 33. But there's something about being in my 30s that now, most of the time, I go to a movie and I'm really. Pulling to like something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it, it, that, that didn't happen when I was young. When I was young, I feel like I just went to movies and I was like, it's fun. And now I'm like, come on, don't fuck me in the ass. Well, they were all good when, when I went to the movies. That's so funny. When I was a kid, yeah. you went to Goonies. It was good. You yeah. went to Back to the Future. It was yeah. good. You went to Daryl. It yeah, was good. Short yeah, Circuit yeah, was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crocodile Dundee was good. Do you remember the Everything first movie you saw that broke that mold? Because I do. It was Drop Dead Fred. Oh. And I like Drop Dead Fred, but I saw it with my brother and my father, and they hated it. And I could, I absorbed their hate of it, and it ruined it for me. Wow, I don't know if I can. I don't think I have that moment in a theater of that happening. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it hasn't happened. I'm very forgiving at the movies. Too many movies, I think, is what we're saying. And we're rehashing things. By the every song in that movie was a cover of an old song. I literally had like a depressing moment during that film. Again, no spoiler. Where I just was like. It was ecclesiastical. I went, everything's been done. I felt sad at the end of the movie. <laughs> really? I, you know... Because there's no new twists, there's no new stories, there's no new actors. It, it just feels like the same shit. I usually go get out of a movie, yeah. and you're excited. Like, hey, let's go get a beer. Yeah, yeah, it makes it. you feel alive. All of us just went home. I was with I was with Ricky and Brooks and ah. Ken and Bronger. And, and like, Ricky didn't even give you a ha-ha! <laughs> We enjoyed it. We didn't discuss it, so I don't know everyone else's feelings. But it was—it's a narrated film. I don't think that's a spoiler. It's, no, it's, that's it. It's, oh, it's narrated. In the preview. And and at the end of the movie, I just was inside of my head screaming, yeah. "Just talk faster, because I have to piss." You know what? <laughs> I took on a big diet coke. Did I have it? to piss. Speed it up. A big diet coke purchase at the top of a film is a bet on the length of that film. Right. You go. It's probably ninety minutes. Give me the large, yeah. and then you're fucked if it's two. You know, the, You're fucked. Yeah, the arc light, the, the small one, it's not enough. Big small one, is not enough. Big one, way too big, and I can't stop because I have consumption what, problems. What, am I going to stop? The ice starts to melt. It waters it down. A whole new flavor. I am smart. I, now I do. I get 
it's it's diet it's coke water diet coke water. i love a diet coke water sure, give me it. a diet coke water back diet coke and water it's my new drink at the bar when, I, when i'm finally forced to get sober that's what i'll drink at the bar oh, diet man. coke and water dc and dub <laughs> dc and w over here no ice <laughs> nothing scummier than no ice uh, <laughs> and i remember when i was young and uh when my friends figured it out you get more if you say no ice yeah, i'm like it's chilies it's unlimited refills right fucking pump the brakes no right. ice right no i was a 7-eleven rat when i was a kid uh, and the scumbags real actual stoners with the mullet with yeah. the jean vest with yeah. the judas priest patch yeah. and, the, and the transam these all existed in my world and they were so stereotypical to a t that they would get double mountain dews no ice <laughs> <laughs> i'm double do no ice that's me that's oh. me it's just like that's how you knew a guy was a badass. Like, sure, I'm trying to shoplift a like Kodiak dip at the same time, but yeah, I know yeah, well yeah. this guy's got his back turned, filling up that big ass Mountain Dew. Yeah, now it's time to get it on in the tobacco department. <laughs> but like the real badass was the one getting the double dew, double no dew, ice. double dew, no ice. <laughs> I want a shirt that says double dew, no ice. They're all like Todd from Beavis and Butt. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're all real. Do you remember? Uh... I feel like movies like um, Clerks and stuff made, and, and The Simpsons, uh, Bill and Ted, made me feel like I was supposed to be hanging out at 7-Eleven, and I just wasn't. Yeah. So there was a 7-Eleven we could drive to. We used to just go there and just loiter because we, were, we thought that's what we were supposed to do. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. You know what I'm talking about? Well, that's what – If we're not at the Circle K. You know, that was the option, though. I as, guess. As, as a pre-driver's license, now it's, you, Walmart. it's Walmart. We just had we had a you know I grew up in a neighborhood, and you would walk down three blocks away, Seven Eleven. Is that right? Oh yeah. Okay, see that makes sense. We're driving ten minutes. No, no, this is a <laughs> stroll down. So you go there four or five times a day. Yeah, and we knew the clerk, and he yeah. probably hated our guts. Did he shoe you? Uh, he was beat it. He may have been Hispanic, but we were pretty sure he was Native American, and we had nicknamed him Kimosabi. Oh, God. Because, <laughs> you know, they're little kids. And he, had, and he had the long hair, the real long ponytail. <laughs> he could have been Japanese. We called him Kimo Wasabi. <laughs> okay. We weren't oh. sure. Okay. And we're done. That was the, <laughs> and, uh, the show and today. would say, keep it crispy. Keep <laughs> <laughs> it crispy. Shortest. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, you did it. We're, we're in the bonus tracks now. Hey, every band ever, stop hiding one track, by the way. Right. Fuck you. I'm in the shower. I got to get out, Kings of Leon, because Holy Roller Novocaine has a secret track. Eat a dick. It's too much. I'm dripping. I'm no slipping. One, no one listens to discs Nobody wants anyway. it. Yeah, so it's just an iPod lull. You right. put a lull on your album. Right. Dave Matthews, eat a dick. Yeah, get rid of that. Get rid of that shit. You certainly don't upload it. Ugh. In post post haste, it's to over. iTunes. Back when it was on a tape, and they would kill the amount of tape that they had left, and you know that right. kind of made it a little bit more sense. Right. That's probably the origin of the hidden track. So anyway, you're going to the, the Seven Eleven to hang out, and I completely get it. And Kimo Wasabi is there. Kimo Wasabi, and is. you weren't sure if he would shoo you, but you would hang out with your with your riffraff. When are we losing the virginity? When am I losing mine? Because uh, yeah, if you're hanging out at 7-Eleven, you're getting it wet at the I, Slurpee machine. I am not getting it wet until uh, <laughs> 17. <laughs> Got it wet at 17. Ah, double do, no ice! In Myrtle Beach, in a Myrtle Beach bathroom. No! <laughs> oh, yeah. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> double do, no ice! 
Uh, you got a wet in a Myrtle Beach bathroom? Yes, I did. 17, 17. Myrtle Beach, Florida. Myrtle Beach, Florida. <laughs> so oh, one of the no, not North, that's South, uh, North Carolina. North am Carolina? I wrong? North there's, Carolina. A, there's a Myrtle. Oh, that's Carolina what am I situation. thinking of? I'm thinking of... Uh, Same trash, different uh, state. Ah, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, okay, Myrtle Beach is in North Carolina. Yeah. What are you... What are, 17. 17. Are we drinking already? Uh, that was also the first time I ever drank an entire case of beer in one day. Natty Ice? Uh, Budweiser's. Ooh. I drank 24 Budweiser's that day. Holy and fuck. Then, and then got it wet. All <laughs> <laughs> Got it real damp. Tell me everything. <laughs> uh, it's, well, after the beer, it's a real blurry situation. It's nothing that makes you feel good about yourself yep. because there's also six to ten of your other friends yeah. also insanely drunk in this hotel room. Yes. And you can't go to the bar, so you went on a spring break. Nighttime, right. you just hang out. And- but you're 17. You're too young for spring break. You're still in high school. Right. Our you're going par- on high school spring break. Our parents let us drive, yeah. You guys just made up a spring break. Right. I didn't spring break until when you're supposed to spring break. Nice. College. Yeah. And I went to the basement and I played Tekken 3. That was my spring break. Well, that's probably, in, in retrospect, the better idea. Yeah. <laughs> not, I mean. Not being scarred. I'm not being scarred. Well, let's talk about this. In I want you to weave this into this tale, if you would. Uh, the appreciation you have of scumbags. We we love a good scumbag. Sure. There are friends that we both have that they're not they're not entire scumbags, you know what I mean? But they have a little sliver of scumbag in them. And these friends are really helpful. You know what I mean? If you do something that might be a little questionable or whatever, call up that scumbag friend. He gives you all green lights. Misery he, loves company. Exa- and, and he'll tell you he's done it before, but worse. You know what I mean? Right. That's why the, these friends are these friends are helpful. So I'm, I'm not, so go back to uh, Myrtle Beach now. I'm taking you away from the scumbag theory. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna drive I mean, off like, the highway here. We're what? gonna go into another. We're gonna do, go back to the arena. We're getting off on an exit. We're yeah, yeah. Back. Go back to the. Well, I'm doing a U-turn. You know that at the same that same evening, I had that young lady on the beach. I decided, hey, let's go hang out on the well, beach. You, fu- you had sex twice. No, we didn't have sex on the beach. We had sex <laughs> later in the in the uh, restroom of. Of the uh, shitty hotel room oh, the that hotel. we had, oh, yeah. Uh, but we went out onto the beach with pillows and a blanket, like, hey, let's just go hang out. But you know, you're shit-faced, so you're, shit you're grabbing, like, pillows. <laughs> I pass out Good. Uh, on the beach, and then I remember a uh, guy walking up to us, a scumbag, a real local scumbag. Yep, there we go. And I, my bleary eyes kind of wake up to him kicking my feet. Why? And, and he's, he's, he's flipping a butterfly knife. Come on. A real one. Oh, no. like, like yeah, the most again so like, stereotypical, and and he says, hey, "Get up, get up, cops, cops are coming, man." Oh, he get wasn't up. robbing. You. No, he was not robbing me. He was just demonstrating his butterfly skills. Yeah, exactly. We all wanted the leather and, glove and the and and um yeah, there was cops on four wheelers patrolling the beach, and and he woke me up, and we went back to the room because it's sex. not a, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> With the, the table being set for sex, right. butterfly knife woke us up on the beach, cops on yeah. four-wheelers. Hey, yeah. there might as well be some Sinatra playing right now. I don't remember an orgasm being involved. With you? I do not do not recall that. You ever fake one? Yes, I have. I have, too. Absolutely. Isn't that interesting? You know what? Sometimes you just have to be done. The party's It's over. enough. It's, it's en- enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. You know, and your other Sometimes option. it's enough. Your other Look, <laughs> what are you going to do? Not and go, ah, I don't think I'm going to come. Look, I'm not saying I've done this a lot. I'm, it's very, very, very rare. A special under thing. Under Definitely 10. under. I'm going to say under, under five 10. for me. Which, I, I'm not trying to judge your label. You saying 10 is more. Who gives a shit? Right. Very rare. 
because you're doing it and you like it and the mood is nice and you're like, yeah, this is done. Come on. Yeah. Fucking beat it. That's the one good thing about a condom. Right. Oh, yeah. You can That's just, the one good thing. You can fake the spray. <laughs> double do, no ice. <laughs> I double dude, no ice, baby. Sure. And you have to, it has to be over with. And your only other option. Yep. You have two options here. here. You can fake it. Yep. Or you can pull it out. You can take off the sheath. And you can just go to town like on a, yourself, like a psycho animal. Yeah, and and this like is like a lunatic. And if you're yeah, and <laughs> like you're a that, lunatic. And if you're in that situation, it is not just hey, just a couple pumps and we're done here. Yeah. No, it is a, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is a mean, yeah. angry, yeah, yeah, yeah. veins Se- in the arms. Sex itself wasn't doing it. Concentrating a lot of this, yeah, a lot of, a lot of face yeah, to the yeah, young, yeah, yeah. hand to the young lady's face. Just shut it's- up, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> yeah, shut up. Don't You're, you have to go wash your vagina or ah, Get out of here. Isn't there some sort of douche that happens? Because if I don't come right now, I'm not a man. And you don't, yeah, because you don't even want to. You're apparently. auditing your balls at that moment. Yeah. You're aud- it's as painful as an audit and as romanceless as an audit and as pleasureless as an audit. It's what did I do all this for? Why, gives why did I ha- talk to you all night? Where's the honesty? I just can't come, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds kind of cool. I just can't come, baby. You're too hot. <laughs> You're too hot. And you know what? Let's address this. It's not because they're not hot. No. I've given up on myself. Sure. Fuck it. It's not a great moment. No. You're not going to feel good about yourself. No. It was right after my divorce. That was when that started happening. Oh, yeah. We were also we're divorce buddies. I'd I lo- am I'd divorced. Lo- I'd love to talk about your divorce, sure. if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. Because that talk we had, where were we coming? First of all, you're one of, this is Mike Burns, everybody. <laughs> Introduce you. Hello. Half an hour. No, no, show. no. One of the funniest guys I know, for sure. Oh, thank you. Dude. But it, it was cemented forever, you know, put on the epitaph when we were waiting in line at that airport. Right. What was it? We were like on very little sleep. We were coming, coming back home from, from Portland. 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 So we're we, full of all sorts of toxins. We had a light meal. No, we had a light meal. You had the barley soup. Oh, a, I'm not even interested. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even at the soup yet. No, we're still in line. We're in line. Yeah. And remember, it was one of those things where it was like, there's a secret passage to another gate that's shorter lines. I'm just one of those guys that's like, fuck it. I'm staying. Like when I hit traffic, I'm like, this is what's happening. Yeah. Other people are like, we can get off and there's a trolley. You, you tie the car to the trolley. It'll go over the creek. Get out. A whirly bird. You'll be there in half the time. You're already sitting down. Just uh, Yeah. What is so bad about sitting in traffic and listening to this podcast? Right, just relax. <laughs> or whatever it is you listen to. It's your time. You're it's, not going it, anywhere good. Where could you be going? You're going to a shitty Hooters audition yeah. where some guy's going to fuck that up. Or you're going back to your job. Right. Or you're going to an Or you're going to a shitty flight that we're way too early for anyway. Right. Pump the brakes, Double Do. Hang on. We're in line. <laughs> hey, double and, do. and me and you, Double Do, me and you were in that line for a good hour. And it was the best. Because there's something about sleep deprivation that can, that can make you more vulnerable, more susceptible to right. laughing. Yes. I'm not taking anything away from you, but you were killing me. First of all, we were being very mean. Which is so fun. It feels so good when you're hungover and tired. Because you're shitting just... on these other put-together blue pants, old people. Correct. The, <laughs> the shield the, the, the shield is gone. Oh, Your yeah. brain shield is all yeah. gone. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah, just, yeah. I hate you. You're, you're at your worst. <laughs> I'm going to use your weaknesses to make me feel good. 
It's almost like some sick superhero power. We're just everything that's wrong about you. Oh, I'm going to uh, use for endorphins right and now. And when we were done with the line, when we were done with the line, I just started lobbing you names of people we both knew and just let you go to town. And it was hilarious. Just let it out. Twizzler's mouth. Twizzler's mouth is. It, <laughs> That is like the the sixth last text that's oh that, that I sent you me is a photo of every once in a while. Well, that's what happens once you get in the in the Pete Holmes uh, text rotation. If I think of something and it makes me laugh, I text the person. It's, right. it's a it's a it's a gift. It's a it's I think it's a gift. It's a hey, thinking of you, thinking of you. Just you just made me laugh in the middle of the day and again, I, again in this lonely, <laughs> desolate world. I thought of who you called Twizzler's mouth. My life. Life is so bleak. It is so bleak well, right just, now that just, I, you were on my mind. You <laughs> came back. My, my my mind played a replay of Twizzler's, Twizzler's mouth. mouth. That guy's mouth does look like the Twizzler's Th- mouth. Twizzler's mouth probably hangs out with Double Dew. If, <laughs> if you're just teaming up names, those two people are friends. Let me tell you this, Mike. This goes into the divorce a little bit. It's weird. Uh, this podcast, a lot of times, my, my theories start with this. I'm a happy person. That's part A. Part B, cripplingly lonely sometimes. Yes. Jesus Christ, have you seen this loneliness? What the fuck are people doing with that loneliness? It's unbearable. I, I think that some people fake fake being not lonely. To I make guess. Themselves. I can't do that. I, well, I, don't, I wouldn't expect you to. You're a genuine person. That's why I, I think I'm drawn to you in general. But I, I, you, what do you – Number I just had a brunch, my favorite meal, with a friend of mine. We were talking about the number of decisions that are made because loneliness is the alternative. Relationships that you have no business being in. That you deeply – you drive the railroad nails into the soil and you're in. Why? Because you've gotten up on too many Saturdays going – I got nothing today. I need brunch. I and want someone to go to brunch. I want to go to brunch and none of my friends want to get up. Fucking Patty's got some plans. Kumail's out of town. The fuck am I supposed to do? Right. I'm jerking off so much. Double doing myself. <laughs> yeah. That's when you try. That's when you masturbate and you don't need to, nor can you. And that's finish. when you can't finish. Yeah, because you just did it because you were bored. When oh, those, oh, oh just finish this writing project. There's nothing on TV. Yeah. Guess I'll beat off. Yep. And if you're me, Just, you're like, it's five o'clock. It's, it, let's start drinking. You know what I mean? You're like, you want to drink. It's often close. want to, and sometimes it's I do. You're close to dinner time. Yep. And there ain't nothing going on tonight. And in New York time. New York time, it's always drinking Look, these time. Aren't, these aren't proud things. These aren't good things. These are the bad things. No. I'm telling you about, there are things we can do to ward off loneliness. A better sense of community. I could know my neighbors instead of secretly hating them. You know what I mean? Right. I could make an effort and, and put, more, put more feelers out for hang. But do but, you want to? But then something starts happening and I don't want to. No. You want death. You want darkness. You want pain. You There's want something it all in over us. With. Yeah. <laughs> you want it all over with. Well, that goes back to you with your divorce. I hope if any of this is too personal, we'll take it out. There is nothing too personal. I got that feeling, Mike. I got that feeling. You and I, I'm eating my barley soup. You had the biscuits and eggs. Egg, biscuits and gravy. Biscuits yeah. and gravy. Yeah. Bold choice. Airport biscuits and gravy. I'm still trying to be healthy because I was eating fucking donuts the whole week in Portland. A lot of donuts. A lot Portland. of donuts. A lot of donuts. You get those funchy munchies. That's what you call it when mm-hmm. you're hungry in Portland. And uh, you told me something that I think about every every time I fly now. 
was we're talking about like two sad sacks, which is great. Fucking stretching out the sad legs a little bit. Yeah. They're falling asleep in their in their seat. Stretch them out a little bit and get them out there. Talk about sadness. It's helpful. Right. Frees up some real estate. It gets the happiness going again. Not, nothing. Are you Irish? Uh, a bit. Yeah. Me too. Everybody's a bit Irish. Yeah. And I, I always quarter. blame that a little bit on, uh, I'm like half or whatever, uh, maybe more like a quarter. But I love getting melancholy and, and talking about sadness. And you described your sadness so beautifully. And I've never forgotten what you told me about being on an airplane so you're on an airplane at kind of the the max of your of your depth yeah. of sadness after the divorce. I, I was on a flight from <laughs> this is from New York to Chicago. I don't know why this brings me so much joy. It's a terrible story. You know, it, <laughs> I mean, sad. It was the is the lowest point that I ever was mentally, and it peaks. That's, it peaks at the end of this yeah, tale. Yeah, 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 yeah. On, on, on an airplane, <laughs> yeah. and I had drank so much, and I was. I was. This is post-divorce. I live in New York. There's nothing else to do other than go to work, get extremely drunk, mm-hmm. and tell jokes. Mm-hmm. That's it. In some sort of order. Not even. Sometimes get drunk before work. Then Right, 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 right. So I, I'm on an airplane. Where are we working? Uh, I was a fashion clothing baby designer. Uh, for babies? Cutie pie baby I worked for. Oh, it was for babies? Yeah. Like, what if there's some puke on it? <laughs> God, they, they, I must have reeked in retrospect. I like think it would be cute if it day. says I'm a tit man. Oh, what a nightmarish fucking job that was. Oh, Just hour-long discussions on whether a pink was too pinky. Ooh. Can you imagine that? Ooh. With your level of intelligence, Pete, how of, 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 of just... Ooh. And you can't scream at anyone because you'll be fired? Wow. Yeah, I have, you're, I, you're towing a serious line. And uh, this, this happens before I get on that flight... I finally stood up. I walked over to my uh, my art director, and I, I pointed at her. One of these, I'm welling up. I got the knot in my throat. I can't be here anymore. And I, uh, uh, point, finger, come hither. Uh, On the plane? We're on the plane? No, no, this oh. is before I leave. I get into the, uh, I go into the uh, the kitchen with her. I say, look, I'm leaving. She's like, is this about I, the pinky? I'm, I'm leaving. Oh. I'm going back to Chicago. We'll discuss whether I work here. When I get back. <laughs> oh, you mean, you, oh, you were like not leaving to move. You were going on a trip. I'm going to, I'm going on a trip. I'm going to visit our Chicago pals. Chicago. Chicago pals. <laughs> I think we were, we were the two of the only ones that had left at that point. That's right. It was a small handful. Small handful. I go back to Chicago. I'm on the plane and. Yeah, this is early and, New and, York. And I'm so drunk and out of my mind at this point. What did she say? She said, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. What do, what do you say? I mean. Just yeah. in your retelling of the story, I see the madness in your eyes. It's a lot like, of madness. You can go, Mike. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was a real, real dark scene. <laughs> Fucking Dwight Slade, uh, one of my favorites. He's a great guy. I want him to do the show. He, he does this thing where he looks really young, and he's like, look in my eyes. Don't count birthdays. Count the dark angels. <laughs> I was like, that's like a fucking brilliant line. DwightSlade.com. He's hilarious. Go on. Dwight Slade is great. Yeah. I'm on the flight, and I pass out in the middle of it. Because I hate to fly, and on top of that, I'm a raging alcoholic at this point. Yep. Um, when I wake up, the landing gear is coming down on the plane, and it's making it rattle, and you know, there's strange engine noises. Big plane, little plane. Big plane. Big plane. This is a this is a New York to Chicago plane, so oh, fairly yeah, yeah. large. I wake up, and my initial thought in this weird half awake dream state that I'm in is that the plane is flying into a mountain. Yep. I really think this is really happening. <laughs> There's no, like, maybe in reality the plane is going to crash mm-hmm. and we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. And my initial thought was, 
Oh, thank God. (laughs) It's all finally over. This is that loneliness I'm talking about, Mike. I felt happier than I had in like two years. Holy shit. Finally, all this shit is over with. We're all fucking dead. That's some... That's real pain. Yeah. Real sadness. There's just just this wash of warmth over me of just, oh, yeah. And it's selfish. You're on a full fucking plane. You're like, you're coming too. Hey, it wasn't my fault. It was going to happen. Yeah. I I didn't put the mountain there. Peace. Yeah. Double dupe. (laughs) Awful. And so sad. And I could fabricate this so that this is the flight back. But I'm not. 100% 100% positive. Again, another New York to Chicago flight. It didn't crash, obviously. It did not crash. No, it did not crash. We landed, and I was like, ah, fuck. Well, I guess I have to keep doing this. Yeah. guess I have to keep trugging along. Yep. No, nope. It's such a good story because you're doing so well now, and I'm so happy for you now. Well, there's another... another- that's why... That's why can't, can't we see that there's something really special? These sad sack stories are great because some of the people listening are in these places. You know what I'm saying? Right. And Mike Burns, you're doing great. I'm so happy for you. I think great things are going to keep happening for you. So the fact that Mike Burns is wanting to crash and didn't, and now I'm sitting here, and you're looking great. You're tan, you son of a bitch. Summertime. Summertime, Mike Burns, with your nice jeans. He's a well-dressed man. Thank you. Fuck you <laughs> for, for being so great, but good for you. You know, it is, it, it's a cliche, but there is the the whole um, from from the ashes rises the phoenix. It's the it's the basement, baby. And you can only go up. The majority of, of sometimes comedy. the basement that's caved in though you got to dig a little bit before you can even see a stair. No, sometimes you dig it deeper, and sometimes you're like, "Shit, I've been digging deep." You hit rocks, you get out a pick. What see is that? A... Is that hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm an alcoholic. What are these uh, rocks? Give me, the, give me the pick, Jerry. We're gonna go through this bitch and get a cocaine problem. <laughs> Did you? Uh, I indulged a little bit somebody more told than me- I should have, but no, I never had a. I was never an addict. When I when I got divorced, somebody was like, uh, they were like, well, you know, when I got divorced, I uh, kept my head down, did a lot of cocaine, and everything's fine. And I was like, what was that second part? <laughs> like, uh, I, I couldn't. I've never done the uh, cola banola. Uh, it's never been called. Some that. people handle that a little bit better than others. I'd have that. Can you imagine that two, one or two day after where the depression is so bad? Really? Yeah. Oh, because it's one of those things that flares up your happy centers, and then you go into a remission, or not remission, sure. but like a depression. Well, with depression, what happens is you've you've burned out all your feelings goods i call them you're feeling good and sometimes when you have a nice two three day bender on a weekend even here all your feeling goods all your laughters yeah hanging out with people like yourself for two three days drinking you laugh all day and then it's all gone yeah i'll 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 wager this and i'm gonna sound a little bit like a puss puss here but like weed does that to me i don't often smoke weed but i'll get i'll smoke some weed and i'll get silly and happy Mm -hmm. then i'm looking at like a two-day mopey dopey because your brain can only make so many of these feel goods. Yeah, it's only got so many feel goods. And then the you, you know, got to call Doctor Feel Good and, and get some more. That's that's where a problem begins. Yeah, and yeah, you start yeah, fabricating yeah. it by taking things like cocaine right, instead right, right. of just maybe wallowing in wallowing in the sadness. Yeah, right, right, right. Or or just riding it out. Right. Yeah, going like this is happening because I'm in a low place right now. I'm going to ride it out. Right. And now you know I've replaced a lot of that. I I go to the fucking gym like an asshole. Yeah, you are an asshole. I love it I, because I you, mean that because you look great. I fucking hate you so. Thank much. you. I hate it too. I hate you more than it's anything. Just not. But no, it. Just, it I want to beat you. That sort I of thing. Running, win. walking, making yourself. Yeah. Create. Well, other- okay. We're talking about loneliness. 
That's what we're talking about. And what's what's funny about what uh, when I was talking about that loneliness and I, and we were like we could call friends, we could try and make plans. But what happens is it starts to cave in on you. And you finished my sentence for me, and you're like, "But do you really want to hang out?" I no. know when I'm on the couch and I'm in a low place and I'm just like got no plans and I got no plans the next day. I'm just kind of in this mist. I'm in this Stephen King mist sort yeah. of shit. I know there are things I could do, but what the catch-22 or maybe the thing that just makes it so difficult is you don't want to do those things. You know – like I know – like I read this thing Lance Armstrong was talking about how a cocktail, like having a drink at night, you know, having your evening martini or oh, whatever yeah. the fuck. Oh, fuck yeah. Is the same as going for a jog. Like if you put those brains under a scan, you know what I'm saying? Very, very similar. A jog is very good for you and releases the same sort of endorphins and relaxing and all that sort of stuff. Martini, bad for you and does the same thing. Correct. But I, and I've said, I know I've said this on the show before, but I bet you can relate and I'd love to hear how. Is that like I don't have a jog in my freezer. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I have vodka in my freezer. Right. But like we need to learn how to fucking pull the nose out because we can't, we can't just keep digging deeper and going back to things like alcohol and shitty things that are fucking our shit up. Uh, food. Yes. Constant jerking off. Maybe reckless sex, you know, if you're cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you're down, if you're if you're down for an yeah. un- unfinished uh, sex yeah, if you want to with myself, fake a condom blast. <laughs> do you like fa- do you like fake finishes, young lady? <laughs> That's a great pickup line. Tell hey. you what, here's the thing: I paid for your drinks all night. If I don't want to come, I ain't gonna. This is my house. <laughs> You say that with unbreaking eye contact, and then you stand up and pull the condom off by the tip so it snaps like a jaunty rubber nightcap, and you go, deal with it, and then you cook them a a delicious meal. This guy's so nice, but he's an asshole. Snap. (laughs) That's the worst. Loneliness. Okay, I love this topic, and I I, want to hear more about – you also told me your other lowest thing – just so I don't, I don't want you to feel like you're spilling all, all your gutsies, and I love spilling my guts too. I think I told you this when I was eating my barley soup at the airport with you, was that I was like, who were we avoiding? No, we can't say. There was someone we were avoiding. Right, yes. I forget who it was. Again, you didn't want to hang out. We, we had uh, yeah, other, other people like, hey, were more, there. More. Yeah, but we had, we had formed this nice little two-man improv team, and, I, and we were like, uh, duck down. Somebody's coming. I forget who it was. You're going to have to restart the conversation? Yeah, bring them in. It's Tell the airplane much. story again. My lowest thing is so much less dramatic, but I remember being on the road and I was at this college and what made it so like uh, strange and dreamlike was I had done the college before, but I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I didn't realize until I landed in the city and I actually didn't even realize until I saw the hotel. So you get to the hotel and you're like, I was here three years ago. Like there's this weird deja vu. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I wonder what the venue looks like. And then you get to the venue and you're like, oh, right. Then it all comes back. And then afterwards, I remember I went like the show was fine. And then I went out to the sushi place and it's just I'm doing my best to just be like, it's fine. Everything's fine. I just got divorced. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And I'm sitting at the sushi bar alone and I'm like, I just made a good amount of money to tell jokes and I'm eating sushi. Sushi's not a sad food. It's already salty. You don't have to cry on it. It's a party food. It's a party food. Eat it with your hands. Do whatever you like. Women with bow ties bring it to you on trays. It's healthy. It's healthy. You're going to feel good afterwards? You're taking charge. Like, this story should take place at a Roscoe's Chicken and Wafts. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I'm at a sushi place, and I'm at the bar. You know, so I'm eating, and I just remember having this feeling that I had never had before, and I identified it. I went, oh, I want to die. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that was the feeling. That I was is. like, oh, I want to die. <laughs> like I didn't want to kill myself, but I sure wouldn't have been upset if someone was like, like at that moment, I'd be like, yeah, like you right. on the plane, right? I'd be like, thank you. Like the words "thank you" would have wheezed out of the bullet holes, right? And, and I did, I did that a lot post divorce. Yeah, I a lot of at the bar, I'd go get myself a steak. Yeah, you know, and mashed potatoes, and yeah, like four pints and a martini, and like this will fix it. This will yeah. fill the hole, fill in the hole. And then you told me this is going to be uncomfortable, but you told me that you would cut yourself. I did start cutting. <laughs> okay, I started cutting. As, I told you it would be weird. And as a you know thirty year old man, yeah, who does that? Yeah, that that seems like a gothy twelve year old. And here's why: is I, I'm not trying to make light. I know that's a serious problem. But I lived on the Upper East Side, in New York. By myself, yep. and in in New York City, freshly moved there, didn't know anyone for the most part, yeah. and even though I even I knew a small handful, you of knew people, me, but we didn't know each other that well. Correct, and I was in that thing of I don't want to hang out. I was also just divorced. I, I believe this was around the same time, right? Yeah, two thousand seven. It's, it's pretty close to there. Yeah, I remember. I was still like, I don't know if I can take on another tragedy. I just because Bryce died. That was my catalyst for moving to uh, Los Angeles. Okay. So Bryce died right after. Our very good friend, Pat Bryce, you should look him up. He's so – everything he did is so funny. Every every was, Chicago comedian – He was the alpha dog. Knows him and loves him. Yeah. And every time – I we all can do his bits and stuff. There's this really beautiful um, memorial service happening constantly in the minds of Chicago comedians, he, I feel. He lived on bigger and badder. Yeah. Than anyone could ever be. Yeah, no one yeah, can yeah. ever top being Pat yep. Bryce. That and funeral. I mean, it, like, I'm, I'm sorry to talk about it. Like, it was a mansion, but like, Jesus, that funeral was amazing. It was I, I couldn't go. We all. I couldn't go. Oh, I thought I saw you. No, I was too. I was too broke. Yeah. Well, what I did was, uh, I locked myself in my bedroom for seven days. I didn't go to work, and I just. So, man, dra- what the fuck am I doing talking? You know the loneliness. And <laughs> you I know just, the sadness. Teach me. And I just sat there in my Greenpoint Brooklyn apartment. And I just drank and cried for like seven days. Wow, fuck! It was terrible. What the cocktail being eighty percent? I don't want to break it down like that. But were you also? Here's my question. Okay, this is weird. I got divorced. I didn't cry when I got divorced. Bryce died. Much more pure tragedy. You know what I'm saying? Fallen comrade. Fallen comrade. Death. Young death. Horrible. Yeah. And I was like. Maybe this will open up all of my sadness because I knew I wasn't experiencing anything and I knew I was going to be very sad for Pat. And then I was like, maybe that'll whatever wall, whatever stupid Eastern European bullshit wall that I've built and remains in front of all of my tears and in in front of all of my vulnerability. Like maybe these two things combined will break it down. I, I still I wasn't pleased with how much I was able to mourn. I'm actually kind of envious of your mourning. Well, I I thought of it this way. Was that the thing with Pat was it was okay to finally let all the frustrations that had built up for me for the past, you know, five to six years beforehand. So he spearheaded. Because with Patrick, it was a uh, a masculine um, thing that made it okay I see for me saying. to let, for me to finally it release it all of it. And I let out five years of just anger and sadness mm. in one week. People pay for a service like that. You know, and, and people but, really do. But with a divorce, you don't want your wife to win. You and you don't, don't want to cry. And you don't want to cry over some woman. Yep. Because Ugh. it's not manly. And now you lost. And now you really did lose. And You did lose. The, the courage 
my therapist talks to me all the time. He's like, the, the strong guy is the guy that cries. Yes. That can cry. That it's can so experience hard. something. I take it and I roll it up into a football and throw it into the sea. And I go, I'm a big man. And then on the inside, my yes. dick hurts. You I, know think, what I, mean? I think that that was one of the last times I really cried. Yeah. And I think I let out so much that I don't have. Now, I still have these moments now where I want to cry. Do you yeah. ever want to cry Buddy, to let it out and you can't? All the time. You just can't cry. Yeah. Just, just cry. It's like, it's like throwing up. Sometimes you need to hear someone else doing it. Like if I could hire like a frail woman to come in and cry and I'd be like, okay, I feel the rhythm. There's like a, <laughs> okay, okay, all right, maybe, 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 maybe. focus, focus. It's like, put on up. Hurry up. Put uh, up. You know. I'd say, okay, music and movies can make me cry. Slightly, yeah. Easily. I, I'm not talking about a weepy weep. I'm talking about a leaky leak. I can't get a ball, good ball going. Oh, I'd love a good ball. Oh, it's the I best. I can't remember the last time I balled. Oh, it's the best. It feels, feels so, so good. good. Oh. Girls, girls. See, this might be one of the reasons why girls are kind of kicking our ass in a lot of realms. Feel like they can cry a little bit. They can bit get easier. it out. Because that's, that's the real shit. That's the real strength. Letting out some tears. I don't think my dad has ever cried. That's not true. I've seen him cry. But uh, when he cries, you know, it's like sand. Just, <laughs> just whimpering. Just kind of. Yeah. He cries motor oil that he then gathers and rides off on a motorcycle with. And my dad's not that tough, but like that traditionally tough. But like, I, did, I'd, I would like to raise my son and go. Oh Jesus! As I'm saying that, I'm like, will I really, or will I just pass on the bullshit? Yeah, you like, don't. You don't want to cry, baby. You don't want to cry. Ba- you know what? That's <laughs> exactly what I thought. Baby on your hands. I saw a friend of mine got scratched by his cat, and he got so worked up and like kind of teared up and was mad. And I was like, fucking shovel some sand on that shit. <laughs> yeah. If a cat scratches me deep, you know when you get that deep, like uh, you're itches. you're ribboned a little bit. Mm-hmm. You see the flaky, what the, like the yeah. skin is separate and you're yeah. bleeding. It's like the, it's like my divorce it was a like cat scratch, and I, I had cats, and some of them were you know violent, and one would scratch me. I took real pride in looking at the cat, not like eye contact. I wasn't like staring the cat down, but not crying, not being like it hurts so bad, and going, oh, yeah, fuck you, cat. You won't see any emotion from me. And that's, that's what my c- wife did. <laughs> 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 And she didn't see shit. You can't win. Yeah, you didn't see shit. Fucking beat it. And when I, it's like the cutting. Yeah, tell me about the cutting. cutting. Interesting. I I would wake up. Actually, very interesting, right? I mean that that came around that way. Hey, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, listen up. Wait for a consensus. Oh man, Twizzler's mouth, you kill me. I would wake up in the middle of the night. And not know whether I was alive or dead. That's familiar to me. Because yeah. of the amount that I was drinking and the amount that I was numbing my my emotions yeah. so heavily yeah. that I would literally wake up and, am I dead? Yep. Am I, did, I, did I fall asleep? And, did I die can in I, my sleep? Can I throw this at you? Did you ever, uh, and people who listen to the show know that I went through a big phase like this and still occasionally have little traumas where I think I am dead. Does yes. that ever happen? I still have them. Yeah, I still I, have that too. I had one. Have you seen Synecdoche, New York? Someone emailed me about that, and they were like, no. "That whole movie is basically about that." No, 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 really interesting. It's very strange. It's good. So I would cut to make sure, sure that I alive. was alive. Oh my god! If I'm bleeding and it hurts, and I wasn't, and I wasn't one of those girls that you see at Urban Outfitters that just yeah, obviously yeah. is sliced. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I would just very little ones. I'd do them in here, little here, nubbies. yeah, with a big 
blade. Uh, yeah, big buck knife. A yeah. Border Patrol buck knife that my Border Patrol agent friend had given so, me. So, look, help me understand, because I actually kind of already do, and I, I certainly don't want to endorse cutting, but I understand the, the sadness that leads to that. I remember laying on my bed in Sleepy Hollow what, where I went after, right when I found out about the affair and everything, and I would lay on my bed and I'd try to wake up. That was, I would be like, come on. Come on, this isn't yeah. real. Like, I, like, I'm sure this is a dream. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking around. But it, cutting seems kind of like the more extreme, severe, I'm going to say unhealthy because I want to discourage it, unhealthy uh, way of making sure you're alive. I weaned myself off of cutting. Because you liked it. If you ever see me, I always have rubber bands on my wrist. Yeah. I don't do this anymore, but I started to wear them yeah. as a replacement for cutting. Instead of cutting myself. Give yourself a snap. During the daytime... Just do that. Oh. Because I would be on a subway in, what are you, in interesting? Brooklyn and think that I was going to die. <laughs> and I just, nope, nope, you're still alive. That hurts like the dickens. Wow. Yeah. Bold. Yeah. I, it's incredible. Yeah. What happened with you and, and the missus, Mrs. Burns, who, you know, I ne- who I never met? You and I had uh, similar wives, maybe, in that people were always like, does your wife exist? No one ever met her. Correct. The only time I ever brought my wife to a my wife to uh, my wife, <laughs> only time I ever brought my wife oh. <laughs> was out to any. This is interesting. Oh, good. To any, I love any stand-up comedy thing in the duration that I performed in Chicago. Yeah, was to your farewell show. Oh my god, at the Lion's Den. Yeah, that was the first time anyone really? had met my wife. My my wife, was, my wife is cute, and people, whoa. Really? It's really your wife. You're not fucking Ooh. kidding. Yeah. Um, Batting a little above your... That was part of it. The, I think the relationship started to degenerate because I wanted... You know, stand-up is so selfish. Yep. And I didn't want her to share in my comedic life. Interesting. So I never brought her around. Did she embarrass you? Or? No, not at all. Or... I just thought that, you know, I, I wanted something for me. Uh-huh. And it was territorial. Did it exhaust Correct. you, the thought of bringing her in and keeping her up with all of it? Oh, there's just a real... It, it is exhausting, and when I'm you start for, out as a comedian, yeah. you are you, you fail a lot. And I don't yeah, think I yeah, wanted yeah, yeah, to... Yeah. Because, and then you'd have a lot of anger Well, my afterwards. wife was at that show, was at that farewell show, which went terribly, in my uh, summation. I don't really recall. I remember when terribly, and every chance I get to do this, I learned during, during that show, it was all my friends, and I went up and just did a set. And I was like, never again will I not acknowledge my surroundings. You know what I mean? Right. If you go up and your fucking best friend from high school is in the front row, maybe say something about, hey, sure. thanks everybody for coming out. This is my friend Ern. Riff it up. <laughs> Riff it up. I went up and was like, have you seen these road signs? Yeah. Fucking one of the worst nights of my life. Yeah. And my wife was there and your wife was there. Right. And I think that another... another- and and oh, I'm sorry, to, to your point, because I want to keep you on this. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting to bring you back to what you were just saying. It was hard for me to have my wife, my wife, see me do that shitty. That's the sort of stuff I was protecting her from. Yes. It's kind of like, you don't want to see what I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't want to. Don't. You don't. Don't. don't you don't want to know how the sausage is made, Murray, sweetheart. Keep Murray. it. We'll riff about double do. No ice. Leave it here. You come to the club with me. It's humiliating. Starting out at comedy is humiliating. Terrible. Humiliating. It's still humiliating from time to time. When you get a girlfriend... And you bring her to a show for the first time. It's still... I'd like to think I'm past this. I don't know. But it's still a little bit of the heart racy. Like, I don't want to fucking suck. Right. And you want to keep it to yourself. That drive home after a bad show. That's, that's your time. It's your time. That's yours. And I would put it... I took a young lady to a show 
I don't know, a month ago. Yeah. That was terrible. Usually a great show. For some reason, the audience was off. No one was into it. This was right after Portland. Yeah. And I ate shit. Yeah. And in the middle of it, I just dumped my set and just, uh, I'm just kind of done here, and I'm just going to wallow in this, ah. this miserable performance I'm giving for the next five minutes. And then you almost put it upon that person on the way home. Like, it's their fault. Like, Interesting. That's what you do. You'd feel... I just felt like... You know, oh, if man. you weren't here and like I had to, we had to be late because you yeah. stopped here. I'll, and- I'll do it for even worse. I'll go. We had to talk the whole ride up. Katie knows. Sometimes Katie before the show, Katie will make small talk, and I go, "I'm sorry, I just can't talk." I'm before think- the show. Remember I'm that? writing today. I was more chatty. We chatted. I'm not a monster, right, Katie? She's oh, she says I'm a monster. <laughs> but so sometimes if I would bring a girlfriend to a show. And uh, she's, she's uh, I want to say yapping. It's so degrading to say yapping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this broad is yapping. Yip, yap, yapping. And I have to like listen to her. You know what I'm not doing is I'm not thinking about my set. And you know, it's that old adage. It's not an adage. It's something I heard a long time ago. The coach that would make his lacrosse team visualize winning the game on the way to the game. Uh-huh. Those guys like won a lot of games. Yeah. And, that, and I realized that's something, there's a part of the, me doing that. It's, it's supposed to be done alone. Correct. It's loneliness. It's the yeah. loneliness that you crave because yeah. you do. You crave it somewhere. Yeah. And you cr- you crave being alone in that. Well, you'll never meet a group like comedians where I'll bring some openers with me, and on a Saturday I'll go. I just don't feel like hanging out today. No questions asked. You know what I mean? It's just like see it the show. Yeah. You're gonna sleep till four and then and then not talk and watch a movie and not go to one show. I get it. I right. get it. That's our thing. Right. Yeah. And I call it writing. If, if uh, you, no, because it is. You're right. No, I get it. You're Mike. writing. And, I and get to it. Explain that to a, to a, a girl is very strange. I've had to do this recently, where you're just sitting there and you're quiet and you're on the couch and your eyes are half shut. Yeah. Like, what do you like? What do you? But do you think that we can? Like, I'm I'm writing. I'm writing right now. It doesn't look yeah. like I'm writing. There's no laptop. Right. There's no pen and paper. Right. But I am writing. You right should put now on those glasses head. with the open eyes. <laughs> yeah, and you can and you can write. Well, what does writing look like? It's three a gr- to four pages, and I can visualize. It. Oh, really? Scripts. I'll just write things. Oh, I didn't and, know that. And then I go and what I. Are you will hunting? Yeah, exactly. you should write on some. Oh, glasses. yeah. No, I understand. I That's like, what your process. I like them grapefruits. Like. <laughs> no, different. You should rewrite that in your brain because. It's apples. No, I, so I, that, that, no, I know you know. Uh, that's amazing. Then the rest of the show we just argue of. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was apples. Sh- pretty sure it was grapefruit. No, it's not how do you it's like, like it. It's like a kid's in the hall bit like where you get so frustrated that you murder me. <laughs> I, I, love the, I love the topic of what writing looks like because writing often for me looks a lot like napping. It looks a lot like being comatose on the couch. looks a lot like watching a movie I've seen before. Yes. One of the pleasures of watching a movie I've seen before is my brain isn't necessarily linked to it. But I'm not a psycho sitting alone in a room. There's a movie on. So you're thinking a lot of different things, and you get to play uh, video games, anything that shuts the brain off. Also sure. meditating, which I just got into, sounds a lot like what you're doing. And one of the things that I like about meditating is that it doesn't discourage thought necessarily. To, ideally, you'd like to get to a Zen place where you're not thinking anything. But a lot of times, I'll have wonderful bits, tags. Yeah. A tag showed up during meditation. I'll, I'll laugh a lot. I'll think of Twizzler mouth. I actually today was meditating and remember Twizzler's mouth. Because, <laughs> you know, you, you're just kind of setting an intention. So much of life, I think, is, is knowing where you'd like to end up. So when I'm thinking about this podcast, for example, and I don't really – there's no preparation or anything. But the morning of, kind of like when you have a show that night, it's always in the back of your mind. Right. You know what I mean? I know I have a show tonight. It's in the back of my mind. I know kind of – somewhere in my subconscious is thinking about what am I open with, what am I close with, somewhere. 
But I've, I've trained that to be quiet. I don't hear that, but it's happening. Similarly, uh, I didn't plan anything for this, but I was like, it's definitely on my mind because during meditation or whatever, which is just basically sitting still, there's nothing weird or wacky about it. I'm thinking things like, oh, yeah, Twizzler's mouth. Oh, yeah, Mike got stabbed. Stuff like that would come into my brain. Yeah. So I think we, we have similar processes. You prep a little bit. Prep a little bit. And I did that. I did that before this show. Yeah. I know it's just going to be talking, mm-hmm. but I drove here and I played the music I like real loud and, yeah. and I got a coffee. Well, you know what's funny? When I saw you with the coffee, I was like, oh, Mike's taking it serious. Yeah, like a nice... Wake, it wakes you up. Wake you up a little also, bit. Also, coffee yeah, gives me almost severe anxiety attacks, at least somewhere along sure, the way. Sure, sure. And that will stimulate it because I will just continue on, da da da, and bury it, and you push it down, you push it well, down. Well, this is, this, is this is why I'm wary of like jerking off too much or eating too much or whatever it is that we're, we're putting sand on the fire. You burn up your feeling goods. Yeah, you're, you're burning up some feeling goods, and you're also burning up urgency. You know, I was like... I really would have liked to jerk off this morning, for example. It's Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> That's my excuse <laughs> It's the Lord's today. Day. It's Sunday. It's a lazy Sunday. So I can take care of it. Uh, but then I was like, it's so much more compelling to need things. People who need things are more interesting. Yes. People that have all their shit together, mm, not so interesting. Like, uh, I always go to Mad Men. No spoilers, by the way. But, like, Don Draper has his shit together, apparently, but he needs a fuck lot. He needs a fuck lot. That's right. why he's fucking people. That's why he's plagued by his past and all that stuff. I was like, I'm going to see. I'm always perpetually trying to see what happens if I allow my humanity to fill up my entire space. Because, you know, my entire body, my entire being. Because most of my day is going. Uh, putting out these little fires to keep everything at a nice, uh, you know, 72 degrees. When I'm like, what would happen if I ran hot? What happened if I ran cold? What would happen if I was horny? What would happen if I was mean? What if I was cruel? What if I was jealous? What if I was ugly? What if I was incredibly happy? That one I'm comfortable with. Right. So I try and keep it there. But really, there's all those other things happening. See, I, I have a theory that um, want is, is, is a very important yep. need. The the need of want. Yeah. Like I always have want. Yep. And once you get to a certain comfortable state, and this happened, I think this is the hole that got opened up for both of us when you get hurt, uh, get divorced or hurt, yeah. is that you didn't want. And now you have this feeling of want, and uh, that's the feeling of death. Yeah. Want equivalates itself to death. Yeah, in some weird way, because yeah. you want something, but you don't know what it is. Because before you had everything set up the way you wanted it, you had dinner, you had someone that you loved, yep, and you had uh, the TV with them, date TV, movie. Who Cor- am I going to see? Fucking savages with my right. wife, right. my wife. All right now, you go by yourself. And, uh, I and, went with and Joe it, Mandy. And it, and, but might it, as well be. At, <laughs> boom! <laughs> it's so funny that you're saying this. I want to keep you on the track because I've said the same thing about need. I've said it on the show, need is a huge thing for an artist. You need to do well. That's why I don't perform every night because if I'm getting it every night, then I don't need it as bad. I cut down. Cut it down. On purpose. Shut it down. I don't perform as much at all. Yeah, interesting. I perform... The shows that I want to, and and maybe once or twice a week, and yeah. that's it. And the rest of the time, because I'm not performing, and because I don't have that, I'm not using, a, I'm not getting enough need. Yeah, yeah. That means I have to write more. Right. So if I don't perform, let's say I go out and perform at a at a shitty show, and I have six beers, and I have a I have a good time, and it's funny. When I come home. My my, I'm all filled up. I don't have want anymore, right. so I don't need to. Write. Well, I'd say you're empty. 
Correct. I think of need as being the thing we want to be filled up. So I'm, I'm agreeing with you, yes. Both similar concepts. It's the same concept. I just corrected you for no reason. We're going to have to map those out. <laughs> but I think of it, you know, Sims. It's like hunger, sleep, need. Need! Yes. I, I, like, you want to need to see your friends. If you see your friends too much, that, that, that's something that happens with uh, girlfriends and stuff that I've been... You start seeing them every day. It's very dangerous. And then you start running out of that need. Chris Rock has that great bit about, like, how about giving someone a chance to miss you? You know what I mean? You're texting them at work. You're calling them in the car on the ride home. Give me a chance to be away from you. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's I, insanely important. Yeah. Relationships, if they're handled incorrectly, can be a huge uh, detriment to, to comedy. Yeah. Because you don't have that loneliness and you don't have the need anymore. Right. Um, well, Hemingway's got some guys great quotes about being lonely and we all know how that ended for him. Genius writer shot himself in the face yeah, with a shotgun. Pretty standard. Because he couldn't get enough loneliness. He couldn't. He just self-destructed it over and over and over yeah, yeah, yeah. and that produced wonderful pieces of literature but it also... You know, the balance was off. And to that, here's what I have to say to that. I have to think people talk about Van Gogh cutting his ear off, being depressed. Is you know, I don't remember what was happening with that woman that he loved that he sent his ear. And so, out of the sadness comes all this artistic creativity. But it's actually David Lynch. David Lynch, who taught the style, he's like the foundation guy for the transcendental meditation I, I teach. It's the theory also that pain and all this shit gets in the way of creativity. There's, there's, there's got to be, I hope, I'm hoping right now, you're hearing a man hope, mm-hmm. that the other way at it is the complete other direction. Like right now we're on Sad Street and we're driving towards creativity. And my hope is that if we do a U-turn and go on Happy Street and drive away from creativity, that we'll actually hit creativity in the same way. Right. Hoping that having a wife, that having kids, that having uh, responsibilities and, and, the, and, uh, and love in your life and peace in your life and health in your life and joy in your life can also lead you to that same creativity beach shore. You just have to figure it out. I hope so. And right now – to be fair, I'm happier and more balanced and healthier than I've ever been in, right. in my entire life. Me too. I'm I'm genuinely happy most of the time. Me too. I still have these real dark well, moments the, the, where the, the down comforter of loneliness. I, I will wait. I <laughs> Take did, a shift. I did this a couple of weeks ago. I woke up in the middle of the night, and the only thought that was in my head was, "I want to kill myself." Really? Yeah. For, for no reason. For no reason, yeah. For no reason, and I probably burned myself out, and I went too hard for a couple of days, and I have to remember, look, you have to put the bookends up. Yeah. I have all these bookends in my hmm. life that I need to have set up. I need to have my bed made before I leave my room. I need my room to be clean. Interesting. It has to be, because once that bookend, if that bookend is over, is fallen over, all the other books that I put <laughs> up throughout the rest of the day, yeah. they're all going to be this away. Oh, but if funny. I start with everything rock hard and neat and, yeah. and orderly, yeah. then I feel like that energy comes with me throughout the... to get um, straight. <laughs> no, <laughs> I really believe you're, this. You're barely on the uh, you know, edge of cre- crazy for my, this show. My car clean, yeah. my... my um, all, all these certain things I have to have. See, I've been in a real lull lately, and if you came to my place right now, you'd be like, how many refugees are you hiding? No, here? you can't do that. You gotta have your t-shirt. All my t-shirts, stacks of them, folded. Well, pants, oh. orderly, everything dusted. I yeah, need yeah, everything that yeah. way. 
that's that's the portrait of a happy and creative Pete is is the guy who's cleaning up his shit and stuff. But like you get that sort of like it's in the back of your mind. For example, if after we did this podcast, I was like, let's go play Street Fighter. I don't give a fuck. Let's go do something at my place. In the back of my mind, I'd go like, it looks you know horrible at my place. It looks like a Tim Burton movie. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not going to my place, and that drains on me a little bit. That where does that go? That's like the unmade bed. That's the dirty apartment, and I go. I'm dirty or something or I'm somehow a failure. Right. This reflect but when your place is nice, when your bed is made for you, I've, I haven't made my bed in 30 years. But uh but yeah, I get it. But sometimes the byproduct of being busy and creative is the mess. And occasionally I, I will fall into disarray and sure. I'll have two or three days and that's okay with me because right. I know I have I have work, I have shows, I have all these things right, to right, do right. for three or four days. You know and, what? and that's why it's like that. But when we're done, when we hit to Thursday and we've yeah. got time. Yeah. Mike, you're cleaning your room. Yeah. It's you're doing really, the dishes. It's really funny that you say that because I – it's right now I think I'm on day 11 or 12 that I haven't done stand-up. I had to go home to Boston. That's a uh, long time for you. It's very – I think it's the longest I've gone since I've started. Has that affected you? Yeah. But not as badly as it used to. The depression and – what I realized, I, I was like, oh, I define myself and I'm working on this. I'm actively – I'm not uh, surrendering to this. But I seem to define myself by other people. I reflect myself off of you right now, which is what I'm doing, and it comes back to me as I exist, I'm loved, I give love, I participate, I'm in this world sort of thing. So when I'm not performing, and that, that's a hardcore drug version of I'm here. Yeah. Marin says that. He was like, if I could boil down my stand-up it to one thing, drug. it'd go, I'm here, right? I get that. It is a drug. Normally, two days, three days, back in the, back in the all or nothing days, the yeah. Chicago days, uh, we went four or five days, then you'd really start to get upset. Um, New York, in New York, you're New, right. New well, York. Much more. New York was terrible. If it was two, three days, it was bad. I'd start oh. to feel it. Right. I'd get testy. I'd get mean. I'd get anxious. I'd start having these terrible feelings of vanishing. And this time, it took me till about day seven or eight. I had a real good run where I was doing other things. I was doing podcasts. I was writing. I was creating things. I was doing other creative endeavors. But nothing gets to me as directly and as cleanly as stand-up. But around day eight, so this was a couple days ago, I remember feeling this real feeling of like, we die. We vanish. We disappear. Think of those people that existed 100 years ago. They're gone. No one thinks of them. You can go away. And it's because I wasn't doing stand-up that suddenly that became very sad. When I'm doing stand-up, then I can get into other more beautiful places where I'm like, you know, like we were saying about Bryce, there's a, there's a constant memorial service for him happening in our lives when we talk about him and when we think about him yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I can get into more beautiful spaces like that, but it helps when I'm serving myself, when I'm giving myself what I need. Some people it's a jog. Some people it's sushi, whatever, being healthy. For me, it's definitely part of it is stand-up. Stand-up is definitely a drug. Yeah. It is, there's a it, drug you get. And, and, but it's a drug you get paid to do. Well, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. No, I, I didn't mean to be a humble brag there. I'm just saying, you know, and you've been paid to do stand-up. Don't be dumb. Uh, you get paid to sh- uh, shoot up or whatever. Like your brain under a CAT scan when you're doing stand-up, I'm sure is lighting up in the same way cocaine does it. I'm sure of it. Absolutely. And the love center. Your addiction changes. Whereas in, if you're a hardcore addict and yep. you live in New York, you need to do it eight times 
right a week here right. because there's other things to Sunshine. do. There's more spatial relations. Yeah. It takes longer to get there's from podcast. point A to point B. Podcasts are an L.A. thing. There's podcasts. Yeah. Where else can you talk? This feels like a set. You get to do an hour yeah. with someone in tandem set. for thousands of people. Set. I can't go perform for... What yeah, 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 yeah. Anywhere. Yeah, the idea, I remember, you know, someone was like, I don't want to do a podcast. Uh, like, you have to drive to the studio. And I was like, if you imagine 30,000 people at that studio waiting for you. <laughs> now, granted, if you could see the audience, some of them are, are napping, some of them are at work, some of them are tuning in and out, a lot of them are on treadmills, you know what I'm saying? It's not like a exclusively attentive audience, but if you could imagine the number of people that will hear it there, you'd show up. You wouldn't mind a 20-minute commute. It's very different. So, yes, you were saying stand-up uh, L.A. changes your need a little bit? Correct. It's, it's, it comes back to your loneliness. Go into if it. You, if you have to be by yourself for, for a small amount of time in New York, yeah. you're really alone. Yeah. And you don't know how to handle it. Yeah. There's this, but here, it's a different, there's different spatial relations between human beings. You're in your car a lot of the time by yeah. yourself. Yep. So As opposed to being on the subway, being forced to see what that guy's reading. Correct. These people are fighting. These people are Which also out. has made me a happier, more healthy person because I'm able to be by myself. Yeah. Here, I can sit at home and I and I have... Certain, what you're saying is so California. I can watch... I, I love professional wrestling. Yeah. I love... And Monday is church for me. Monday is the Monday Night Raw is the only time when I put my phone off i don't have my laptop out yeah i don't tweet things for the most part yeah i just turn off my brain and like you said about uh, watching a movie that you already know yeah you get this moment of 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 zen where your your yeah. brain can think and yeah. breathe and everything's okay and everything's safe and nothing bad happens while wrestling's on for me ah. <laughs> that's, that's what it's come to yeah but los angeles is so laid back and i've gotten you, to a point where i don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me right. i don't care what i look like you know, i just right. do whatever i kind of want right and the, one of the byproducts is you know what i really like I like wrestling yeah, I like country music, yeah. and I'm going to listen to that in the car with the windows down. I don't give a shit, and you know, I watch wrestling by myself on Monday. And I'm sorry, I can't do your comedy program because that's my wrestling night. Ah, it's, when I, it's when I come to sorry. Jesus. It's Daddy's wrestling night. You sound simultaneously. I was going to say you sound like a real grown up, which you do. I'm getting closer, to but it. you also sound like a child, which is great. It's the fine balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're like, I want, I want to watch wrestling. That sounds like an adolescent thing, but you really were for the most part sounding like. I don't mean a child in a bad way. Right. You know what I mean? You sound like a grown-up. <laughs> it makes... Who cares what people think? It actually have gotten to a point here where you can be happy with yourself. And I think that's very a very adult thing to, to do, yes. is to know yourself and to know what you want. Well, this is going back to what I was saying about defining myself by reflecting off of other people and how I'd like to kind of not have that be the case as much. It's like Emerson said, like self-reliance and all that sort of stuff. It's a, it's a virtue. It's because other people can go away, and that's it, a weakness. It's a, right. it's, it's a chink in your armor. It, it definitely is. Uh, but something that I'd like to work on, so what you're talking about, that idea of, of being like, I watch wrestling, that sounds very beautiful to me. I feel like there's something I can learn about that. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I love being alone, but there's something about the quality of it when I don't love it, that I'd like to be able to shift out of. I'd like to put it in a different gear and pull myself out of those feelings. Yeah. Instead of being like, I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock. That's another way to escape. It's a strange thing. Yeah. Going to bed at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Is, that's very... Going to go to bed at 10 and then sleep till 10. Very West Coast. 
Get that really rock solid yeah, sleep. Yeah, yeah. Really charge up. When I lived in New York, you couldn't sleep that long because the my neighbors would start playing some serious fiesta. Yeah, you're getting up. Yeah, you're gonna get up. It's time. It's time for everyone to get up. Ah. They're drunk, screaming on the floor <laughs> in, in front of my house. There's drunk Polish guys throwing up on themselves. Sometimes dead. Yeah, oh, that was always a real treat. You real, saw a dead real, guy? Oh, all the time. You, you saw wa- dead guys? Oh, yeah. You'd have to walk what? past McCarran Park to get to the L, and there would be dead hobos in the uh, in the park that, that drank so much the night before, passed out in the sunshine in the New York City July heat, and just died? Drifted off. Went away? Sheets over their face. Sure. What? Multiple times. Shut up. Oh, yeah. Get a hobo watch. Dead guy. <laughs> No, they weren't even hobos. They were just hardworking Polish men who uh, and, and drank until they died. <laughs> and hey, you know oh, what? No! I might have not slept for the last four days and woke up in some strange, questionable young ladies' beds. And, yeah. And God knows what else is going on with my health because there's this sore spot in my <laughs> lung. But that guy's dead. I'm still going to work. Uh, that'll get you writing. And it'll get me an ice cream. That's funny. <laughs> when, it, when it, you're in a random girl's back in those days room, and you and you're like kind of falling asleep after some anonymous sex or whatever, and you're and you're looking at the room. Does it ever hit you like you're like I might be dying someday, and this like weird pink bedroom is gonna flash in my brain, and I'll be like, what was, what was that? Like yeah. you have no memory of it. Sure, it's, some, it'll still come back now. Like where was? Yeah, I? yeah, that's how where I am was... with colleges I've done and stuff. You're just like Tiffany's room. Who the fuck's Tiffany? Right. Why is it Why does it say Tiffany on the oh, wall? That, that person I had <laughs> this long discussion about life. Yeah, like I know. Just one night in your life, and you can re- a weird you random occasionally hangout. remember them, and you you look them up on Facebook, and like oh they're married, they have six ah, kids. Now. Of course, how long do. ago was that? Yeah, oh yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. what did I do for seven years? Yeah. Oops, oh oh no, oh no, <laughs> I've been here. <laughs> oh no, I've been here the whole time. What have I been doing? Tell me about uh, getting uh, stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> I got stabbed. You got stabbed last man. October. I think I texted you. That's that's where we're at. I go. Heard you were stabbed. I was stabbed. I'd love to look up that text. I was parked with a young lady in Echo Park in her '83 Volvo. Nice choice. With yeah, sunroof, I believe. Sunroof is open. Comes into play, and we're a little frisky. Yeah, you know, it's two thirty in the morning. We just come from a from a establishment. Her boobs were in a B cup. You put them in the M B cup. Real ample. Mike Burns. They were. Cup. You're cupping them. <laughs> they were double dues. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the double dues on that gal. Your double do no ice. <laughs> no that ice. means no condom. <laughs> <laughs> She was a double do, so I went no ice. <laughs> so I went no ice. <laughs> Why'd you go no ice? She was a double do, man. Double oh my god, do. that's great. Okay, so you're double doing the no <laughs> with no ice. The no you're not. Ice. You're not having sex. No, you're just fondling. You're fondling you're of fondling. some sort. Uh, to uh, to uh, cholos, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I've heard you tell this story before. Is cholo a, a bad term? You know what. I don't think so, per se, but it doesn't necessarily get a great crowd reaction. Oh, you've said it on stage. Oh, I always do. Uh, Cholo is just your standard term. You know, the ho- I, those homies dolls that you get up for a quarter yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a Cholo. Well, I've played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I know what a Cholo is. I'm pretty <laughs> that's, sure. That's yeah. where I got it. Great game. Such an idiot. Uh, so, like a, a Latino gangster type. Two of them, yes. Two Latino gangster types. But I only see one initially, and the sunroof is open, and as we're... Uh, as we're, um, I yeah. don't know, doing whatever. 
Getting ready to fake I, 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 lo- I lo- <laughs> Getting ready to fake it. Getting ready to cough up some confetti. Yeah. <laughs> you fake it while she, she gives you a blowjob and you worse fake than, it. You're like, ah, that was great. She's even, like, um. Even worse than faking an orgasm is, is, uh, is coming and nothing coming out. Is this happen? Oh, you go like four or five times in a row. There's just like kind of a, a sad tear. Ah. It's a sad man oh, tear. Oh, yeah. Up. I mean, at least a little something. I but know just what you're a talking about. Sad man yeah, yeah, yeah. tear. Yeah, just... yeah, 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 yeah. Is your dick crying? Just one tear. He's a Native American looking at the garbage right now. <laughs> I fucked her five times, so fifth time he's a Native American looking at garbage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no ice. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I was banging with ice, so she couldn't tell. I can't come with you, baby. We're going to have to go with no ice. Do you have any idea how much joy that gives me? <laughs> you have a girlfriend, right? No, uh, no, don't. Oh, um, yeah, didn't I, you I have one when we were at the airport? Yeah. Oh, that's not a girlfriend. And sometimes. I'm sorry, I made it zero to <laughs> zero to awkward. Go back to getting stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> Things are questionable right now. Yeah. What a, what a fun and strange yeah, area. I just I just try and keep it gray area usually. I think every man in America that I talk to seems to be in this place where they're like, I'm seeing a girl and, you know, it hasn't come up yet what it is, so I'm hoping it never does. And then, like, it doesn't. And then it just goes on for infinity. It usually goes poorly, and I'm just not very good at being a boyfriend. I just come to terms. And and I don't think that that's necessarily something that's permanent, but I think that at this point in my life, I'm just not going to be a good boyfriend because yeah. I will just not text you back. Because, again... No, no ice. That, that whole <laughs> no ice. Unless, unless you're a no ice gal. Uh, it's funny that you say that because I, I sometimes think that the no ice move, a girl's being like, let's go no ice, is a little bit of a you're my guy. So when you're rocking the bag, it's a little bit like both of you are a little bit like. We have a guard up. There's a little bit. Yeah, there's literally a guard up. There's a certain connection when you go no ice. There's a certain uh, feeling of no togetherness ice. that is. Uh, that's the new engagement. Yeah, I'm not a no ice kind of guy. You sink at no ice. Uh, I just can't do that. You got to ask the father for permission first. Oh, got to have ice. You ask. I like my drinks real father, cold, Pete. You ask your, the father for his daughter's <laughs> vagina. Double. I, want to, <laughs> I need double ice. <laughs> double Who ice. Double ice. <laughs> I'm going to double ice it. I'm going to double bag my ice. Oh, my God. What a chilly Tony over here always wants double ice. Ah, it would make no sense. This is a free podcast. I'd like to remember everybody. <laughs> free. <laughs> Fucking free. Absolutely. Um, you can take all these uh, catchphrases home to your friends. That's right. No ice. Oh, my God. If somebody, if a weirdo out there is having sex tonight, just go, no ice, baby. <laughs> That'll make me so happy. Uh, so you're getting stabbed. Uh, I get out of the, um, the, the, the uh, sunroof is open. And I see out of my peripheral vision a hand come through the sunroof, and the that's night- how this story starts. You didn't hear anyone come up. You just see no. a hand. No, I Ooh. see a hand go through the sunroof, and the knife go up to the young lady's neck. Went with the lady. Yeah, and I'm on in the passenger side, and I look out the window, and, and there's a guy right there. Well, you know, he's got on the the black hoodie and and just pretty nondescript. Yeah, fella. I get Am up. I supposed to be sketching right I, now? <laughs> Are we looking we'll, for this guy? We'll get to that. <laughs> okay. We, I get out of the car and go around to uh, slightly engage in one of those, like, am I going to fight him? Or am Wait, I gonna you have l-? a knife to your throat and you get out of the car? He did. She did. Oh, she. Oh, my God. So I feel trapped. So it's a fight or flight situation. And you chose fight? I chose fight, get out, 
and bring you know I, I moved 10 to 20 <gasps> feet away from the car and, I, and I'm and I'm really close to my apartment where I could have sprinted to it and one of my part of me but wants to the, do that yeah but I turn around and the guy is backed off of the car and comes towards me and then we get into a you know a scuffle of sorts because he's trying to stab me He's actively stabbing at me. At that point, I got to slow this down a little bit. You've gone out of the car. Mm-hmm. He take he removes the knife from the girl, and then he comes at you. Is there a negotiation? Is the negotiation now over? You've gotten out of the car, so it's now clear that we're gonna we're gonna fisticuffs. I'm gonna stab you now. It's getting close to that. Or is it? it was he like? He, was he talking to you? He definitely wants my wallet. Is he saying, "Give me my your wallet, iPhone"? It, it, with gestures. Um, I'm I'm slightly inebriated, so I don't have sure. the the dialogue isn't real crisp. In the I just want to know, like, once you got out, if he was like, "Now I stab you," or if he was like, "Oh, he's getting out to maybe stand and give me his wallet." I took my wallet and I I chucked it over to the side, and he's still demanding more, and and now he's kind of infuriated and has just decided that we're going to uh, do something that's going to end up with me getting stabbed. Yep, spoiler. I'm trying to fight him. There's there's fists up. I actually have. These shorts on, they were, they were pants. I cut them off because the legs were shredded to ribbons from fighting with them on the ground. These are your stab shorts? These are my stab shorts. <laughs> I was once shot with a crossbow in these pants. Oh, nice. <laughs> I just want to keep up. <laughs> were you mugged with a crossbow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was r- mugged. But I think he took it and gave it to the poor, though. <laughs> Robin Hood. Okay, go on. <laughs> Terrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please keep going with the best story ever. So... He's, he's he's jabbing at me, and at one point... With the knife that you're keeping with, at bay? With the knife, I'm keeping the knife at bay, and, and I'm deciding, am I just going to close my eyes to a certain extent and just go in swinging? Yeah. Like, do I just... Maybe I... Because I think, in you're, my head, I'm, I size him up, and I... And I like, you're bigger. For all intents and purposes, I can beat this guy's ass. That's why Except for the knife yeah. could, you know... Go into my heart or yep. my neck, yep. or who knows where. Just There's a, a lot of areas you don't want a knife. I, you know, at some point I have my back to him, and he just thunk, thunk, and, and tags me twice in the back, Tagged. an inch from my spine. Fuck you. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and he sees this. I, I turn around and I you. Go, you told me. I'm sorry. It, it seems important. It wasn't the biggest blade. I'm not trying to take. Some, no, no. It was. It was about yay. It was about it, two, two and a half. It almost inch looks blade. like a paring knife or like a like a tomato it's a pretty, knife. Pretty standard. Uh, keep on your belt. Did knife. it have like a, a fruit or a veggie on the handle? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a it sky mall knife. Strawberry shortcake. My first stabby. <laughs> it came with my uh, automatic oven or what is it? Papa Mac. Easy bake oven. Easy bake. Came with my easy bake. <laughs> I easy baked him, Holmes. I easy, easy baked him. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm so sorry. No, no. You, because you're okay, we make these jokes. Stabbed. And you told me that it, you didn't really feel it, which I, which I understand is the case. You go into shock. It was, well, feels it, like you're getting punched. It was sharp enough. It was a brand new knife. Yeah. It, and it was sharp enough that I did not feel it. Just... Until right. I took my jacket off and then looked, and you know You're I could feel this jacket off like Van Damme. I could feel this wetness. <laughs> oh Jesus! And and I and I and I looked at the guy and said, "You fucking stabbed me! Like, are you serious? <laughs> You're doing bits." He was just shocked. <laughs> yeah, you know, just very candid. Yeah, so I speak to people. Like, yeah, are you yeah, fucking yeah. serious? Once you're stabbed, you tried to fucking yeah. murder me. Yeah, 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 yeah really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For what? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. And I, I look, and there was another guy that was with him. His cohort had mm-hmm. had uh, emerged from the shadows, and it engaged the girl. And she got out of the car and finally took her purse, threw it at the guy, and 
and said, what the fuck are you guys, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm stabbed, and she sees me get stabbed, and they take off, because they'd been there long enough, and there's probably going to be police officers. I call upstairs um, to to the apartment I'm living at with uh, Mike Bridenstine, Ken Barnard, and I think Brenda McGowan, all comedians, are upstairs. Ken Barnard, not the guy when you're stabbed. What's he going to... No, no, these guys are gone. I just need hey, but I just, I just mean like mu- talking about like scumbags. You like give me a Nate Craig, you know what I'm saying? Nate Craig, come up, get real fired up. Nate Nate Craig's like we're gonna burn the wound. You know he like knows yeah. what to do. Kyle, yeah. Kyle would be like, oh, this is an inch from your spine. Oh. He'd like no. Oh, Jeez, looks pretty stupid, Burns. Oh, is, this a, is this some new fashion thing you're doing? <laughs> hey, Chicago. Get your back pierced. <laughs> but Ken Barnard, no offense to Kenny B, but uh, uh, Bertie, this looks, uh looks a little bit uh, like a what you, gonna get like a, one of those earplugs in your back. There's, uh, there's a rumor going around now. Chicago. <laughs> there's high canane and low canane. Uh, yeah, I love I love when you break down canane to just the noises. Just <laughs> <laughs> a bag of pancakes. <laughs> uh, okay, so you go up, and there's Ken Barnard. And they come downstairs. I, I called them. I said, hey, I got mugged. They yep. come downstairs. and uh, Where's ambu- the girl? And, uh, she is uh, come to join us in this little area. Uh-huh. Uh, the the two gentlemen who attacked us were, were gone. They had left. And I called 911. I, they started giving me the 911 as a joke rigmarole. I'm like, look, I got stabbed, okay? Just fucking send a police car, okay? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where, you know, where did you get stabbed? It's like, I got fucking stabbed. Just fucking send, you know, and you hang yeah, up yeah, because yeah. it's just pointless jibber jabber. I don't know why they need to keep you on the, pro- I, on the phone. Keep you conscious, maybe? Yes. Mm. The ambulance shows up, cop car shows up. Ambulance or ambulette? Ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> ambulance, real man. <laughs> it sounded like a man. There was an ambulance half a block away. Not <laughs> enough. Get the Lance. Ambulance Armstrong. Ambulance Bass. <laughs> ambulance Bass. <laughs> <laughs> go on. They show up and I ask, and they want me to get into the ambulance, go to the hospital. I don't have health insurance, mm. so I can't afford this ambulance ride. That's thousands of dollars. Yeah. It's way too much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I take my shirt, my jacket off. I go up to, to Brido. I said, hey, do, do I need to get in the ambulance? Can we just go patch this up? How bad is it? Yeah. And he says, well, looks like you brought your uh, back to a knife fight. There's looks like there's a vagina on your back. Get in the fucking ambulance. Oh, God. Because it looked bad. It was pretty pretty decent hole ruined vaginas so we got in the ambulance we had a nice ride there i did lots of familiar with them all mike utley from the detroit lions who gives the thumbs up when he's paralyzed and being carried out i did lots of mike utley poses we had a good time i called people in the ambulance yeah we tried to enjoy it yeah well you're paying for it yeah i'm bleeding out there's a lot of blood but hey if as long as we're laughing right it can't be that bad if i can still make jokes i can't be dying yes we uh, went to the went to the uh, hospital. They gave me some cat scans. Uh, we took some pictures of me holding up the bottle of piss that I made. You know, pictures of my butt. I'm like, Brad, look, take a picture of my butt. <laughs> you know, just because it's fun. Uh, oh, yep. The cops came in. And you're you're that close to fun at all times. Yeah, yeah. You're with two people with butts. We all got camera phones. Make it happen. You have to enjoy live it. your life. Let's put this shit on Facebook. Why aren't we taking pictures of our butts? Right now? <laughs> Let's turn up the heat. Go on. Cops ask me. Uh, two Hispanic gentlemen, pretty uh, nondescript, and they they ask me, well, can you describe him in their 
like they're gonna take down notes and really yeah, go yeah, yeah. after these guys. I'm like, I don't know. They look kind of like you guys, but with black hoodies on. They don't think this is. Were funny. they Latino? Yes. Oh boy. They don't think it's funny. Yeah. But again, it wasn't. It wasn't like uh, a, a racist comment of like, oh, Mexicans look the same because they because they don't. Right. But these guys just look like 17 year old. Right. You know, black peach fuzz, black hoodie. Right. Mexican guys at two yeah. thirty in the morning right. when there's a knife stabbing at me. I yeah. don't have time yeah, yeah, to look yeah, yeah, yeah. at moles yeah, yeah, yeah. or if one eye was green. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, yeah. what color were his eyes. And I don't believe they're going to go look. What are you going to go into Echo Park and find two Mexican guys yeah. with a knife he and had black a hoodies? On. Prosthetic arm. You're never finding those guys. And I'm having a good time. I don't want to talk to the cops. Yeah, they take. <laughs> we're taking ass pictures, man. Beat it. Yeah, they're taking my shit out of my pockets. Yeah, like, just give me my phone. I'm yeah, trying yeah, to take yeah, pictures yeah, yeah. here. I had a nice cat scan, mm-hmm. um, and there was this really cute doctor that stapled me up. She mm. was adorable, which mm. was kind of fun because mm-hmm. you get to kind of joke around, make her laugh. She's right. working the night shift. She's stat, stat, you know, stapling yeah. up your yeah, stab yeah, yeah, wound. She's yeah. like, "Do you want anesthetic?" I'm like, "No, let's do it all macho style." And I let her staple me up. With really? A, yeah, because it was fun. I'm like, You're let's, badass. Let's see what the pain feels like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had no ins- no. I used to do this to myself for fun, <laughs> to see if I was alive. <laughs> Staple been, it up. I've been through enough. I like your face. Fix my back. And this was after after I'd had another um, kind of bad breakup, and I was living on a couch at the time, and it was like already you know what? hard on the back. We already peaked. We already peaked. Yeah. Like yeah. this was the peak, and um, you know, p- came home, drank a six pack, smoked some cigarettes. Went to sleep. Was and the smoke and, and coming out and of I went the back? To, and I went to work two days. Just <laughs> not the whole... Mike, uh, you got some smoke coming out of your back. Yeah, it'll heal. It'll heal. Like a real fucking man. That's totally fine. <sighs> That's great. No crying. No crying. Yeah. None See, whatsoever. This goes, everything we've talked about has come back into this story. None whatsoever. Let me ask you this. This goes perfectly into our, our kind of like last thing. You're stabbed. You're almost. You think maybe you're in trouble. Something they could have hit an organ or something. Yeah. yeah, right. So you're thinking you're faced with your mortality. Are we praying at all? No. Interesting. Not at all. Bold. Not at all. Is this nacho cheese? Because it's bold. Yeah. Uh, no God for you. Uh, I'm very spiritual. Interesting. But I. What am, does that mean? Uh, I don't know. Because who the fuck knows what any of it is? There you go. You know, I, I don't. Add a boy. I don't. <laughs> you know, you have a you have a great joke about about you got to pick a pick a uh, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just I, I used to pick the the no god side. Yeah. And as I'm getting older, I'm starting to drift more towards the eh maybe maybe not. Who gives a shit? Yeah, interesting. That's interesting. when I do that joke. When like you can believe or not believe, I'm kind of like yeah, but I'm talking about myself. You know, like belief doesn't have to be in some sort of mainstream religion sort of way. Right. That's the third choice. Is right. you can kind of start architecting your own system. That's my that's my new brand. I'm going to try and sell. You know, you, you know, you, you, they want you to develop your brand. Sure. What's your brand, Pete? Yeah. What are we trying to sell. I want to be a. I'm just a homosexual. Yeah. Catholic, who only fucks chicks. <laughs> That's your thing. That's my new thing. That's how we. That's how we'll pick that's up my, your piece. That's, that's my loophole. <laughs> and doesn't believe in God, but you are very spiritual. How does that manifest itself? Are you? You're not praying. No. Are you? What? What does that look like? I don't know what it is yet. But you're open to it, I suppose. I'm very, very open. Are to it. Are you a feeling guy? Are I you like? A... I feel like I'm being watched right now. Or are you no. like? Uh, no. You're looking for uh, something in your life, and you think about it a lot, like the secret style? or No, I don't do that either. Interesting. I just don't feel that 
you know, why not? Why not allow myself to have that? Why not allow myself to 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 hope that there's something? Yep. It's very I don't think there is. That's the thing. I don't think there is right. whatsoever. Right. But you know why not? It sounds like you're you're cutting through it. You're saying kind of something that I say in that bit, where like atheists may very well be right, and a lot of the smartest people in the world are atheists. But you're kind of like, okay, let's take that as probably fact. But I'm going to dabble. I'm going to keep one toe in this water. It is it feel, the, feels nice on that toe. It is the same thing as allowing myself to watch wrestling. You know, it's stupid. Ah, well, you it's call stupid, it your church, right? Yeah, that's why daddy's not? time. Why not? It's stupid. Oh my god. Spirituality is wrestling. It's yeah, fake, it's but you love it. Fake shit. Game of Thrones isn't real. None of that happened. I still watch that. <laughs> yeah, I still believe that this guy's. You know, yeah, yeah, feelings yeah, yeah, towards yeah, yeah. it. I'm the weird guy that's like wrestling is real. <laughs> I, I don't it's know. It's real what, enough. I don't know what I'm doing. It is kind of real. Yeah, it is kind of real. The cutting and the falling. Were you Catholic? No. What were you? Regular. You're just regular. I, I think it's so funny to call it regular because Catholic is older. Yeah. Uh, Protestant. Yeah. Evangelical. See, uh, this is the other thing that I've, I've thought about a lot lately is that I'm not Catholic. I'm not practicing Catholic, mm-hmm. but I'm still Catholic, and I've started to call myself Catholic. Again yeah, because I don't think that I don't think it's fair to have that taken away from me because I don't necessarily believe in that God. Yeah, I think that Catholicism well, you're, you're... is a real is is a is a lifestyle, and it's something that you grew up in. And I hate to throw all that away. That's brilliant. You know, I'm. I'm Catholic. You're culturally Catholic. You know, David Cross is Jewish. Right. But he doesn't believe in that. Why does right. he get to be? Yeah, well, he doesn't. That, right. I'm with you. I, I've said that many times that I'm culturally Christian. Right. We got your Easter. You got your guilt. You got your Christmas. And someone told me you can't be that. I'm like, no, no. culturally, Fuck you. I, I can be. It. I was an altar boy. Yeah. I went. I didn't eat meat on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't throw all that away. No, it's, it's, it's like saying you're from a certain block in Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in Correct. A, it's like an, it's a neighborhood. Yeah. It's your spiritual neighborhood. Right. And I think people do lose a lot and my heart often goes out to my friends that really just burn down the whole goddamn church in their mind. And I'm like, you kind of you're missing out a little piece of your history. And when I really got when I hardened my heart towards the church, I felt like I was blocking out some good stuff from my past that I enjoyed. And it was not all bad. And it was not all I bad. I was never molested. I, I was, was never. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, you were no ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I was molested. No, no ice. ice. <laughs> the funniest way to say the saddest thing. It happened. No ice. Uh, that's that's a perfect place <laughs> to wrap this up. <laughs> Do you feel good? It's a good cap. <laughs> Or no cap. Oh, this is fucking fantastic, man. Thank you, Pete. I'm so glad you did it. Oh, it's a pleasure. Will you say keep it crispy again? Keep it crispy. What do we say? Mike Burns on Twitter? Uh, Pizza Nachos. Oh, Pizza Nachos 69. 69. I knew it was something funny. Pizza Nachos 69 on Twitter. Thanks, man. You're the best. Thank Thank you you so much for coming in. First high five of the show. Now leaving Nerdist.com.